0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, some people brought to him a paralytic lying on a bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of the scribes said to themselves, and went home. When the crowds saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. This is the gospel of the Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Let us pray.
1: Lord, Holy Spirit, come and enlighten the hearts of your believers. Kindle the fire of love and bless us in the truth of your word your word is the eternal truth Amen. Amen When asked and not really knowing how to answer we tend to say hmm, a good question Mark Twain's book, A Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court contains an episode A magician has arrived in a remote village and pretends to be able to tell what is happening in faraway places and people ask him tell us what the king is doing the king is putting a piece of money in the hand of a godly beggar at this very moment replies the magician and the people pay him well for the good news that they have such a merciful ruler But then a man, the Yankee, asked him, Tell me, what am I doing with my left hand behind my back? And here comes the moment to say, Hmm, a good question. It's much easier to tell about a king in the distance than about the hand which everyone can see except of him. What is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven or get up and walk. It seems easier to say, your sins are forgiven, as nobody can verify it on the spot. Everyone can see, however, whether the sick person is getting up or not. Jesus does not seem to choose the easy path here. He says, get up, pick your bed, and go home and the paralytic got up and went. Everyone saw it. One could say, how wonderfully Jesus silenced his opponents, but the purpose of Jesus' miracles was never so petty as to silence the opposition. This healing was meant to speak plain language so that they would see, confess, and embrace the truth. What truth! The teaching of Jewish rabbis firmly held that suffering and illness are associated with a crime or a sin. No one will be healed until his sins are forgiven. Therefore, we can understand how precious the words of the prophet Micah were to those people of Israel and their rabbis. Who is a God like you who pardons sin? And forgives the transgressions of the remnant of his inheritance, you will tread our sins underfoot and hurl all our iniquities into the depth of the sea. Those words are dear to anyone who realizes how badly they have sinned and what they deserve. But exactly the same words seem to cause the indignation of the scribes. According to Micah, God is the one who forgives sins. God throws iniquities into the depth of the sea. That's what they are so angry about. Jesus claims what only God can claim. No advisor is worse than anger. Anger blinds us and lets the hate take over. When we speak or act in anger, We hear the voices of demons more than God's voice, so we almost certainly will make mistakes. Anger distorts the perception which leads to bad decisions and causes suffering. It is a mistake even to argue with an angry person. Eventually both will say words that they will regret later. Jesus does not argue. That would only increase their anger, He tries to free their minds. In the language of signs and miracles, he demonstrates, look, the lame walk, the blind see, the lepers are cleansed, the hour of forgiveness has come, the words for which you long are fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Perhaps ordinary people only saw the miraculous healing But the scribes certainly should understand the language of this sign. According to their own teaching, the sick are not healed unless their sins are forgiven. And that means that as literally as the paralyzed man carries out Jesus' words, rise and go, his words, your sins are forgiven, are fulfilled just as literally Jesus not only speaks like God, he acts like God, then maybe he is God among us, the Emmanuel. As St. Augustine wrote, similar action points at similar substance. As Jesus himself said, for the very works sake, believe me that I am in the Father and Father is in me. Jesus never requires a blind faith with his presence, with what is happening in our lives when he is near. He opens our eyes so that we can recognize and embrace the truth for ourselves. Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? This question looks different now when we have discovered who Jesus really is. God of God, light of light, the eternal word who transformed the primordial chaos into a good, inhabitable order. Everything was created through him, the world, the angels, and we too. He had to use just a tiny fraction of his power to amend one person's body, but to say, your sins are forgiven. He had to take those sins upon himself, along with all the sins of mankind, and carry them up to the cross. To say those words, he had to go to war with sin, the devil, and death, pluck us from their hands and reclaim us for himself. He had to sweat the blood. His soul had to be sudden to death drinking the cup of Gethsemane. Even if it contained just the one sin each one of us committed this morning, it had been a burning poison for him. But it contained the whole amount of mankind's sin, the bitterness of death, the heat of hell. In order to say, your sins are forgiven, he had to dress himself in those sins like in dirty, stinky, shabby shabby clothes so that on Calvary the father would not see his son but all our injustice and our crime and all the accusations of the law and would destroy them by nailing them to the cross. In order to say, your sins are forgiven, he had to make himself a sin and see his father turning away from him. As unbearable was the agony when he died on the cross, Jesus lamented only one thing My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? To be able to say your sins are forgiven, he had to be rejected by God, laid down in the grave, and then break out of the death again in life and throw aside the stone that nobody could roll aside. Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk. When I was a teenager, my father once told me that in competition, which is the most beautiful language, Estonian, took the second place, right after Italian. The The phrase presented for the contest was something like, I sing as I walk across a bridge. I don't know how it is in Estonian, but obviously it must sound beautifully. I thought, that is not right. How could Estonian sound nicer than Latvian? I was determined to find a sentence in Latvian which would surpass Estonian and even Italian. I did not find it. I couldn't find it. I hadn't heard it yet. I didn't know by that time that Jesus had said, Tavi Graeke, your sins are forgiven. This is the most beautiful sentence one can say in any language. God calls us Christians to pray and to work so that people who haven't heard it yet would hear, your sins are forgiven. Nothing is more precious in life, but even more so in the final judgment, as to stand before God freed from all sins, acquitted of all accusations that the devil and our own biography will accuse us. Believe there will be many and all of them justified. The devil won't even have to lie about us. The truth will be enough. It's deadly serious. What does the law say? We have learned the small catechism, right? We would answer the law says you shall and you shall not. In reality, it says something else, something much worse. The law says it's already happened. We have already done everything to be separated from God and cast in hell, and we have done it more than once. As I was just beginning to read the Bible, I was particularly frightened by the words of Jesus Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. I wondered, how on earth can this be called good news? It rather sounded like a bailiff was speaking who would extort everything from me down to the last penny. This was until I understood what Jesus actually says. He says, I came to fulfill the law in your place. It's already happened. He has accomplished everything in our place. That's why Jesus had authority to say, your sins are forgiven in such a way that these were not empty, meaningless words. Yes, Jesus died for our sins, we know that, but there is more. The holy and unblameably obedient life that God expects of every human being, Jesus lived in our place. His merit he puts on his baptized believers as festive clothing so that on the day of judgment God may see in us not our sins, but the holiness of his Son. When the crowds saw the paralytic walking, they glorified God who had given such authority to men. It may seem that they spoke about the power of healing demonstrated by the man from Nazareth, But the truth is far superior to that. God gave people the authority to say the most beautiful and precious words Your sins are forgiven, and to say them in such a way that they are fulfilled. The Lord Jesus assembled his church and gave its servants and shepherds the power of the keys to remit or keep sins until the end of time. This gift is the best righteousness that Lord encourages to seek humbly with a contrite heart and with a firm hope and faith in Jesus Christ. And here it is, in your church, in your congregation, every Sunday and in every service. Here it is. Use it and glorify God. Amen.